podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another World Cup Fracker episode. This is episode 10. Uh, I'll be your host today, Owen, aka uh, Xpac from the NSO. Joined by um, three other lovely cast members, all very well-spoken cast members as well. Got a nice little mix tonight as well. I've got two members from New Spurs Order, two members from Touchy Gooners and... You know, we just come together during these World Cup moments. What can well, I say? Well, well, what are you saying? North, North London derby link up for for the World Cup, yeah? Yeah, sporting, sporting. <laughs> Young little ceasefire. You know I mean, for now, and then we get, and then we resume regular programming later. Exactly. Or well, there, there might be a few little bits of politics in the England camp as well, but we could uh, we could speak on it. Um, that's the tone stuff. I think it was uh, Shabs. Shabs, there. How are you doing? Firstly. Yeah. Yo, yo, yeah, man, I'm all right. It's, it's my first uh, World Cup fracker appearance, so yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Nice, nice. And uh, we've got next Mr. Carboholic, Sean. How you doing? Yeah, all good, bro. All good, man. Yeah, thank you, man. Se- second one for me, but yeah, no, all good. Yeah, no, it's nice to be joined by you again. And uh, let's see, last but certainly not least, Yao, okay, Scott Hall. Ah, I think people have been calling for the bad guy to give his take on, uh, you know, these World Cup games. So this is my first. And I'd like to start off by saying, uh, I hope England go out in the next round. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm not going to be triggered by that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that patriotic kind of a fan. <laughs> Let's see if you've seen the video version of what we can see through camera. I've just got Yao dancing in the background, so don't mind me as I just quickly skim through um, what one of the games. Um, see, we've had a day today where we've got the penultimate group games, and the way it's they've decided to broadcast it is we've got two games on at once now instead of the 10 a.m. games, which effectively made uh, a lot of our mornings up. So we'll see two kickoffs at three o'clock, not even the one o'clock kickoff. Um, against Senegal was first up against Ecuador. Now, this took me way longer than I care to admit to actually find how to watch this game on ITV4. I think I missed like the first 15, 20 minutes, but alas, I caught, uh, caught a fair bit of it. It was a must win for Senegal, AFCON winners, without uh, the talisman Sadio Mane and Ecuador only needing a draw. Um, Ecuador, um, me and Sean spoke about a fair bit on see our last World Cup fracker together a few days ago and spoke about how many good players they've got it's kind of a cohesive unit they have and you'd probably fancy them as favourites coming into this especially only needing a draw um, and you kind of wondered where kind of Senegal's potency would come from because Ishmael Assar hadn't necessarily stepped up yet but it was a cagey start. I don't think um, Ecuador really um, set to impose themselves too much. Obviously, I only needed a draw, but quick ball came over the top. And Hincape, who a lot of uh, European clubs seem to be scouting at the moment. Again, a lot of um, Spurs fans seem to want him. So I've been 
obviously just having a little while on him, just seeing how he's been performing and um, pretty clumsy foul on Sai. He got excited, kind of got into position a bit too quickly of anything, ran past the ball and ended up charging straight into him. Sar scores the penalty and then second half, still KG. And it was a half of what seemed to be just effective set pieces. Um, Ecuador didn't look like scoring up until what was a well-worked set piece. He managed to get flicked across to Casado, who just tapped it in at the back post. It didn't look like um, Senegal could offer anything in terms of a goal back. I think Koulibaly's shirt was um, completely sweated through from like the 10th minute. and uh, But he ended up popping up and scoring the second goal from uh, from a poorly defended set piece from Ecuador. And they saw out the game. Um, Enna Valencia, who's been a threat, I think he's got six goals in his last five caps for Ecuador, and he was just completely shut up by Diallo and, and Koulibaly for pretty much the whole game. And they saw out the win to qualify. So, yeah, fair play to them, doing it without their talisman. Um, I'm trying to think who they've got in the next round. Could be an interesting time. they got England. Oh, yeah, there we go. Um, spoiler alert for uh, further topics to talk about. Um, other game in the group, Holland versus Qatar. Um, you probably set that up for someone who could potentially win the golden boot further down the line because this is mainly a team who you want to fill your boots against. Depay came in to start. Uh, Sean, do you want to take us through that one? Uh, just how it kind of started off? Yeah, I, I thought, obviously, naturally, we've seen Qatar. They're probably, like, the worst hosts you've had, you know, in a World Cup. They're probably far and away the worst team. Everyone, you know, everybody eats against against Qatar in it. So, um, you know, I, but I've, I've not been impressed by Holland generally, to be fair. And especially in this game, you're thinking you're going to have, like, pretty much 95% of the ball. Do you really need to line up with three centre-backs? You could go with, you could easily go, you know, Van Dijk's used to playing in the back four all the time as well. You could literally just have two and just bomb everyone else on. But I still thought it was quite negative. They didn't, re- they don't create much, man. Maybe just because I'm thinking, when I think of Holland, I just think nostalgic in it. You know, I think of Van der Vaart, Schneider, Van Persie, all of them just ex-ballers, even going back to Burkamp, et cetera, et cetera. So I just, I, I am generally quite underwhelmed by this Dutch side, man. Um, and yeah, I just, is meh. I thought it was meh, you know. I didn't think the game was that interesting. They won 2-0, but I think, you know, if they really wanted to, they could have, you know, maybe flung on someone creative like a Noah Lang. Um, he's not had any minutes, I don't believe, this tournament. Um, Bervine, they could have just thrown on three forwards and just really, really gone for it, packed the, you know, had three, like, attacking midfielders as well. But, hey, what is it with me? I, I think, you know, um, the way I view football, I'm just, I always want teams to attack in it. But I think, you know, there's quite a lot of, reactive or maybe pragmatic coaches within this tournament in it so it's for a lot of them it's, it's safety first before you know they um before they look at anything else so yeah i thought um cody Gakpo was probably a highlight we were discussing him in our group chat earlier you know uh we're probably split on him as a player but there's no doubt you know we scored in every single group game for holland so far this tournament and i think he's probably been a highlight he's got great ball striking um he comes in live and in around the area so um you know, there, there's been heavy links with United, so it's probably, you know, not helping his price tag. Yeah, and, and we know how United like to overpay for man. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, so we could easily see that. So, yeah, I think he's probably been the biggest highlight. 
um, for Holland so far this yeah, tournament. I've seen so. he's probably added like another 10, 15 million. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you know how United off. And when they paid 100 mil for Anthony, they're probably going to pay like 70 mil for Gakpo. <laughs> you know how stupid that club is, man. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think overall he's done well. Um, me personally, I'm still not overly convinced about him as a player, even though I think he's a good, he's a good finisher. He's got good ball striking off either foot. But... Um, so it'd be interesting to see how it is if he does come to the league and how that how that translates. But no doubt for me, he's been far and away their standout. I've not been impressed by Holland at all. But um, you know, we, we spoke after the last one. Ecuador absolutely blamed them um, Holland when they played them. I'm very unlucky not to beat Holland in that game. Um, but yeah, I think obviously today was a procession. We knew Holland were going to dominate. We knew they were going to pen Qatar back in for 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 prolonged heavy periods, and maybe they could have created more than they. They needed to, but they got the job done essentially, which is the most important thing. Um, so yeah, two to one for them, and we'll see how they fare against USA in the in the last sixteen. For sure, and um, I see you guys have seen quite a lot of Gakpo as well. And yeah, I've been underwhelmed by Netherlands as well. Like they were, from what I could see, they looked like a decent cohesive unit in in the Nations League and their qualif- uh, qualification stages. And I feel like. Depay coming into that fold now is a profile that would, could work really well with Gakpo. And um, Frankie de Jong had a better game today from what I saw, but obviously that's probably caveated by playing the worst team in the competition. But I'll quickly move to you, Shabs. Um, how far do you think Holland can go in this competition? Like, Do you think they can switch it on now, Depay's back, de Jong playing better, to, to be playing kind of closer to what they were in qualifying? Well, uh, uh, I, w- I want to take it back a, just a tiny piece because um, I think a part of the f- frustration with Holland is that, yeah, they boast... One, one they, there's legacy there. There's football heritage there. So they boast a lot of quality. They're, they're a rich footballing nation in terms of talent and ability. And yeah, Sean's right. We're used to seeing, um, you know, Dutch sides of the past with just teched out footballers, um, you know, who can turn it on, who've got silks. Um, I think uh, 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 a hallmark of this Dutch side so far in this tournament is um, that they, they've looked and come across as organised and structured, but quite pedestrian, um, quite rigid, quite robotic and, and, and lacking ingenuity, really. I don't think they've had the toughest group at all. So I would have expected them to have um, to have breezed it and done more so than, than they have done. And I think a part of that really is um, LVG the coach and we know what he's about really I, I I think that's been overlooked a bit when people have when I've heard people talking about Holland's performances so far in the tournament but we know what he's about and I think if you can think back to his time in Man United for for for, for English fans Premier League fans and followers and especially United fans you'll say yeah there, there are some upsides to it and um, it can bring about results but the football was at times quite difficult to watch and quite difficult to follow and I think that's been pretty much the case for them um, throughout the tournament so far, to be fair. Um, Qatar are not a good side at all, not by any means, not by any stretch of imagination. Um, Qatar also played with three at the back. I think what they've done, they really packed the midfield, really, really packed the midfield. So there wasn't... And and Qatar tried to play... They didn't sit deep defensively either. Um, so a lot of the game was played in and around the the, the, the middle third. Um, with Holland just trying to probe and try to fight wide 
areas and um, De Jong was rotating with Klassen and with um, Gakpo or, or, or Depay and the rest were kind of holding their their, their shape and the wide guys uh, were Blind and Dumfries and they were just kind of really staying Daily wide to Blind try and stretch well. them and draw them out. Yeah, Daily Blind, yeah. So you kind of look at that and you say, mm, what, what, you know, what's going on? But um, I think De Jong was really good today. Um, I think op- opposition aside, I think De Jong was good. He he was all over the place, um, kind of fulfilled the role of a roaming playmaker for me today. He was picking the ball up off, off the defence, as we know he's good and so adept at when he was at Ajax. But he was also popping up and I, I think the real creativity looked like it was coming through him and Klassen. I think they combined well. Um, when they did kind of get further forward, and obviously he got into the box and got on the end of you know got on the end of of Depay's shot and got his goal. Um, so yeah, good, good, good for them and good for him. But yeah, ultimately they're quite boring. I think that Holland um, will. Who have they got? They've got USA. I think they'll probably have enough to beat USA. Um, to be fair, but. Depending on who they get after that, I can't. I I don't think that they'll go really deep into the tournament. Um, and I do just want to kind of give Gakpo a bit of love as well because I, I, you know, I, I'm I, I don't know. I I don't think he's an amazing player. I definitely see his limitations, but I think we're looking at a player who, um, you know, if you consider the level that he's played at, both for PSV. And for Holland at the moment, he's producing results. He's scoring goals. Um, you know, he scored three goals in three games with three shots. He's the first player um, to score three goals in three consecutive games for for Holland um, as well. So in the group stages of a World Cup. So, you know, I think that counts for something as well. He scored one goal on his left, one goal on his right and a headed goal as well. So um, he's having an impact and I think we have to judge him based on the level that he's performing at right now. And I think that it's a good level. So if he wasn't doing it, you know, people will be criticising him as well. He's actually scoring goals. Um, so maybe he's not as impactful throughout games, but he's scoring goals and having an effect and deciding games or cushioning games for Holland as well. So deficiencies aside, I think you've got to give some credit there. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk throughout this World Cup of players rising it for their country, especially um, for the nations who aren't as well gifted with like top players. And, you know, you've got to show love for Gakpo for, for, for doing that. Mm. So you guys have seen him up close as well uh, at PSV while um, he's played Arsenal in the Europa League as well. And maybe he didn't show out as much then, but I mean, if he's doing it at the top level on the world stage, then... Yeah, all props to him, man. We'll see what he does in the knockouts uh, against the USA. Um, yeah, just to round up uh, the Heritage Netherlands, uh, do you see them go far in this World Cup at all? You know, we could all just say on the basis of what we've watched that they wouldn't go or we don't expect them to go that far into the tournament. problem with tournament football is you know, you can have a horrible group stage and absolutely smash it through the um, the knockouts. So I, th- I think it's fair for everyone to say, you know, on the basis of what we've seen in the group stages, that they may have enough to um, beat USA. I-, I also wouldn't be surprised if USA beat them. May I might be slightly surprised on the basis of, you know, the heritage of, of Holland, but on the basis of what we've seen, 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if USA give them a good enough game. Uh, but I can't see them going past the quarterfinals, to be honest with you. If they if they come up against, if, even on the basis, I'm just throwing a team out there, but if they come up against Portugal, for argument's sake, I think Portugal will turn them over. Like I, I don't know what it is about this Dutch team. They, they have enough in this team to cause problems in terms of the players we know, uh, the ballers that they have at their disposal. But they just don't look like they can cause those same problems. It's kind of similar to the same issue I have with the German team that I've been watching. It's, it, I just, I just, I don't know whether it's them trying to get into the groove and you know taking you know each game as it comes. But like I said, you could we could be talking all of this, and they could go smash USA five 0 and would have egg on our face. So. Let's wait and see. I don't. I don't think they will go past the quarterfinals for me personally. Now, now the only other f- thing I do want to say, and I want to play devil's advocate a, a little bit, is knowing full well what 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 I said as well about Holland and how I see them moving forward in the tournament and what it depends on, but also taking on board what Yao said. The the other side of the coin is that um, they've lacked ingenuity moving forward, but defensively they haven't really been troubled. Now, again, is that because their group is weak um, or perceived as being relatively weak? I don't know. I think you could argue that. But in tournament football, um, it's the sides with the good defences as well, who, who the teams who keep things tight, who tend to um, progress and do well, especially when it comes to knockout football. And they've conceded one goal um, so far. You know, they've scored five I think it is. So that that that's something as well I want to say. And yeah, I think um, Van Dijk is not the player that he used to be, but I think he's still an asset in terms of uh, a, a very good defensive player. Um, today they went with uh, Timber and Nathan AK, but they've also got Delict. Um, you know, again, who the, some might say the jury's out on him and he needs to prove himself after a bad spell at Juve. But um, they've got some strength defensively. As well, so I think there's a possibility as well to keep it tight, and I think by that merit they could also surprise us. Um, despite me thinking that they won't go much further, I think there's also that possibility they could surprise us. Yeah, there's um, a lot of the um, the goals I saw in their lead up to qualifying for the World Cup were scored. A lot of them were in transition as well, so you kind of expect them to probably suit playing teams where the onus is perhaps on them to come on to the Netherlands a bit. Um, like you say, and um, from what I saw, just a quick little interchange of movements and play from from even Bergvine. Like Bergvine was able to rise it for them. He had a good bit of play with Depay and Gakpo as well. Uh, I feel like Weghorst was even chipping in. Um, I, I wouldn't expect Vincent Janssen to, to contribute to that team. Um after seeing him up close for for Spurs and just that kind of number nine he is, he's not not as dynamic as a, of a forward as those that have been effective for the Netherlands from what I've seen. So yeah, I think you're right. And like even against Portugal as well, like if it came to that, I'm not sure if the the tournament lines it up for them to play Portugal if they beat USA. But if it was for 
if it was Portugal per se, I mean, they it was a really tight game between them and Uruguay. And I think Netherlands are better than Uruguay. So, yeah, um, who knows? Who knows? If they can solve that puzzle with um, Frankie de Jong playing a bit better as well, I think a lot of play just relies on him just to be able to resist certain bits of pressure and be able to progress forward in, in deeper areas so their forwards can transition quickly. Uh, as long as he's able to rise it, then who knows? Who knows? Um, obviously, with USA being their next game, uh, that kind of segues nicely into another penultimate group game, um, which was played today. And it was a bit of a spicy one as well, playing around. Uh, a lot of political things surrounding this, especially outside of Qatar as well. But yeah, they come together, played um, what's supposed to be a nice, tasty spectacle. Um, coming into this, um, I'll quickly go to Ziyao again. Who did you kind of expect to, to go through in this? Bearing in mind, again, um, one team needing a draw, one team needing a win. Iran only needing the draw and USA needed to, to go for it. But I don't know. What did you think would uh, would play out? I, I had a feeling. And why USA are you smiling would... so sadistically for <laughs> I'm smiling because I'll be honest with you, I wanted a run to win. I like a bit of controversy in football. Um, but I had a feeling you would say we're going to win. Uh, Iran haven't looked good in this tournament. I know they beat Wales, but I'm going to be honest. Um, I mean, I, I didn't, I, was, I wasn't impressed with Wales either in this tournament. So I, I felt like it was going to be a cagey game, tight game. Um I understood the kind of tactics that Iran might employ in this match. And to be honest with you, 1-0 kind of, well, for those that didn't watch it, gives off the impression that, you know, it, it was far tighter than what it was. But having seen a lot of the highlights, it looked like USA had uh, quite a fair number of chances. And really and truly, had they been a bit more uh, better in the final third, it could have been, it could have been a slapping. So... I had a feeling that, you know, USA were going to win, but controversy wanted me to uh, see Iran rise it on these men. But, you know, USA rise it again. And, um, yeah, you know, it wasn't it? I, I just don't know why they put that game on ITV, uh, not ITV, on freaking, on iPlayer. Bro. That game should have been on BBC One because we, we knew England were going to punch up you know, who who they had to face. So I'm not sure we did to be fair. Nah, I wasn't sure. I, I think I, I think we all knew that. But yeah, USA from the highlights that I saw, USA deserved their, their victory to be honest with you, even though it was a far more cagier affair than they would have liked it to be. Yeah man, uh, the midfielder getting quite a lot of plaudits as well from what I saw. There was a lot of quick vertical passes into their forwards. Every time I looked up, they looked like they were creating dangerous attacks. And you've got Tyler Adams, uh, Winston McKenney, who's been linked with Spurs again quite a lot, and um, and Moose in the midfield. And Sean, you know, if you want to take us through that uh, USA performance, in particular, a certain midfielder. Yeah, I, I, quite, um, I quite like the composition of the USA midfield. I said, um, you know, I was really impressed with them against England. 
I thought, you know, and one of the issues I've had with England is that, you know, if a, if a team can match their base athleticism rate, they, they lack that sort of ingenuity and that ability to control um, games and situations. And I thought if you took out the fact that you knew the names and you knew who was on either side, if you just based it on just what you were seeing, you wouldn't come out of that, of that England-USA game thinking that England's midfield was better than USA's, in my opinion. I, I very much think that especially um, Adams and Yunus Musa showed out in that England game. I think they showed a lot of good attributes. You know, you can tell obviously Adams plays, he, he obviously plays for Leeds, a very high intense, high octane team, but I like how aggressive and snappy he is in challenges, but he also releases the ball very, very quickly as well. Musa has got a lot of class about him. Um, you know, I don't think, you know, this is a, people say it's controversial. I don't really care. Like I don't actually think there's that much between him and um Jude Bellingham, if I'm to be totally, totally honest. I think Eunice Moose is very, very okay. comfy. I think he's very comfy technically. Obviously, he doesn't get that same exposure because he's not English. She's, you know, he's out of the limelight, whatever, whatever. But I think he's a very, very classy midfielder, man. And I expect him to get picked up by a big club very, very soon. Bearing in mind, he's the same age as Jude Bellingham as well. Um, really, really good player. Um, comfy on the ball, can carry it far, far up the pitch as well, has proficiency in the final third. He scored quite a few bangers for um, for Valencia from outside the box as well, man. So I just think this World Cup's probably helped to raise his profile a bit more. You know, Arsenal fans will know about him because he came through a Hayland Academy, um, but he chose to leave quite early. So, um, you know, so, people, so even some Arsenal fans don't know a lot about him. But yeah, he, he left to pursue first-team football and he's been playing first-team football for Valencia for... For a couple of seasons, man. So I think I think he's a good player, and I I like the way him, you know, them as a unit work. I'm not as keen on McKenny personally myself. I would like maybe you know like a maybe like a Brennan Harrison who I who I rate quite highly actually from Leeds as well, maybe to get a little spot in the midfield. But I think USA have some decent options, man. I don't think I think people should probably show them a little bit more respect, you know, than they maybe get. You know, and and obviously with the next World Cup being in America, I think there's time for them to develop again. You know, this is a very young group, very young team. Um, but I think I think obviously the main boiling point is that they like cutting their job top, and and that will ultimately probably be why they go out against you know Holland in the next round. Um, they don't have a striker. I think everyone knows they try to centralize everything a bit too much, in my opinion, through Pulisic. Um, so it can be a bit too predictable at times, which is why I think, you know, they should pay, you know, Gio Reyna on the other side, mix it up a bit, have a bit more unpredictability. That would be my only issue with them. But they've got a lot of PMP in that team, you know, uh, Robinson at left back, Sergino Desta right back. So it's a very, very fast, very um, aggressive, very athletic team. So there's a lot. I, I like the way they play, man. So just, you know, but more quality. Ultimately, they'll come down, you know, to a lack of quality in the final third is, Ultimately, I think what will cost them, but um, I, I expected them to beat Iran tonight. They did, um, and but like Yar said, it wouldn't actually surprise me if they did throw up an upset against Holland. It wouldn't surprise me at all, at all. No, it wouldn't surprise me either. I'm glad you touched up on the fullbacks as well because they seem to have one of the best combinations of fullbacks in the tournament. Honestly, Ty Robinson, Sergio Dest was especially good today as well. Um, I... I have no idea why Gio Reyna is not playing. I wonder if Asa, who's um, an American associate of Touchdown Fracker, can shine some more light on that because it must be an injury. He, he didn't even get any minutes today, not even off the bench. So, yeah, but, he, but he came on against England, though, right? So I, 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 I yeah. generally don't understand because when I look at 
you know, sometimes when I think, you know, maybe a bit more technical quality in the final third, I'm thinking, why not, you know, play Aronson or Reina more? Like, you know, they'd add a bit more in the final third. Um, so, yeah, that 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 would be me if I was the guy. I'd probably change the shape a bit more and, and have both of them playing with Pulisic, you know, a bit more creativity as well. But um, good options to bring off the bench, I guess. So, so yeah, I think USA have got a bit to play with, man. So, and yeah, I think they might run, um, you know, especially in midfield, I think they'll they'll be able to keep up with Holland, you know. But obviously, I think opposite uh, opposite ends of the box is where the difference is made, and I think ultimately they'll be fan lacking there. Yes, fair and um, credit to them as well today. Obviously, Pulisic got the goal again. They created so many chances in that first half. Could have been two, three up. It was Sergeant and Weyer who were interchanging really well. It looked like Sergeant was coming off the right more just to create that space for where um got really unlucky on the on the cusp of half time with an offside decision which looked incredibly tight like millimeter tight and he he had a really good finish which looked like it made it 2-0 got ruled out see iran came back into it a bit but usa looked comfortable i've got to say like um Shabs, uh, did you have anything to to summarize i guess that the usa Aranga? Yeah, again, similarly, I, I, I liken USA a little bit to um, Leeds United. So again, um, I think I think there are points of similarity there, and definitely the intensity that they play with um, for me reminds me of 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 such um, Tyler Adams, especially this season. His performances for Leeds, performances for USA. There's a lot of you know. I think there's a, that that that's a reason for me for the similarities again. Aronson is all right for Leeds. He's not starting in the same way for um, USA. But again, like Sean, I, I like him. I think he's a player who actually um, does add and offer something. And it's a bit crazy to me why they're not um, starting him and playing with him. Um, I think they're organised. I think they're a more organised kind of national version of Leeds United. Again, defensively tight. And... Um, they're not. They haven't conceded. My, I think they've also conceded one goal this this whole tournament. Um, but yeah, they haven't scored. Yeah, they, they haven't conceded from. Enough. They haven't conceded from open play in this tournament yeah, yet. So they have, they have good, not. Uh, good Cameron well. Carter Vickers started tonight and contributed to that clean sheet as well. <laughs> well, yeah, Cameron Carter Vickers did. Ream did as well. So you know, it's a it's 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 a collaborative effort. Dest as well, um, and, and, and Robinson, as the fullbacks were mentioned, also. Hey, but, and, yeah. and Matt, Matt Turner, bro. Matt Turner, bro. And Matt Turner in goal. More than capable understudy. So yeah. you know that's it. But but Tyler Adams again playing the the, the the central hub in in midfield. Very industrious, very physical, very intense. But also he completed most passes in the game. Um, for the USA, he got the most tackles. He won the most duels. I think he won seven duels um, today. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we can caveat it by saying this against Iran. Um, you know, they're not a side that we expect to necessarily overpower um, USA, but I think he still has to go out there, put in that performance, put in that level of intensity and still come up with those numbers. And he did, and the team won. So, yeah, that's that. That's that. And also credit to him as well, because when we're talking about the off-field stuff, and this isn't a political pod, but it's my opinion. I'm going to give it my opinion. But in the in the pre-match presser as well, he, he was put in an uncomfortable position, I think, as a footballer, where he was asked by an um, Iranian reporter, um, you know, 
some questions and 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 um, comments about his own stance and how he can turn out representing for the USA when they're a country with lots of uh, oppression and racism and discrimination and so on and so on, and also criticised him for mispronouncing um, Iran. And I think actually he 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 was eloquent in 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 his response. No doubt that would have rattled me. Um, that would have would have rattled someone a bit less. Um, um, professional, but I think he handled that quite well in a public in a public way. He was put on the spot uncomfortably, but I think he answered it with dignity. And so credit, you know, credit credit to him. I don't know too much about his off field persona. Um, I don't know anything about his off field persona at all, really, to be fair. But seeing that, I was like, oh, actually, um, credit to him for the way that he's dealt with that. So yeah, I, yeah, I, didn't, I, I didn't know about that that press office thing. You know, I didn't I didn't know about it. But I'll be brutally honest. But I'm professionalism. Yeah, you can't don't don't put me in no sticky situation like that. Like I'll, no, that kind of stuff no. infuriates me. That yeah, kind of stuff is why, infuriates me. This what? is why he's the pro footballer. No, this is I, why. I would have been like I'd have been like, get her it. out of my face now. I hear I it. And you get media, you get media training for that. And and you know, there might have been sanctions for the reporters. There might not be. It might be a whole freedom of speech thing. And you know, I think it it was I think what it is, I don't respect things that intentionally put someone who's in the spotlight in an uncomfortable position where it's unprovoked. You know, I don't think Tyler Adams done anything to kind of um, um, deserve that line of questioning. It was just a question from a reporter about, well, you know, yeah, yeah, we're not happy with the state of play here in Iran, but you represent the United States of America as a black person. So um, what do you have to say? You know, how can, how can you represent them in it? It's nasty. It's a bad position wow. for him to have been put in. And but he, like I said, he, I think he I think he dealt with it well given the circumstances. I think so as well. We've seen a couple of those kind of questions being asked, and you've got a couple of different approaches to it. You've got the Carlos Quiros approach, or you know, I I just remember seeing uh, watching that clip of that question being asked. Tyler Adams was just more and more composed as the reporter was going through that question more and more, and you can tell that. You know, the question that was being asked of him was just getting heavier and heavier. And he was almost just like, okay, yeah. It, it didn't seem to phase him at all. And he even, like, thanked him for um, correcting his pronunciation of saying Iran. Like, I think it was just his accent anyway, like, because he's American accent. He says Iran. It's Iran. And, yeah, he ended up correcting himself, thanking the reporter and addressed the, the issue the reporter asked him about. So... Yeah, fair play to him, man. Um, and uh, yeah, good summary on the USA performance in general. I wasn't even—I was quite critical of Tyler Adams going into this tournament as well. Like, I didn't think he'd been that great for Leeds from what I'd seen, but he's been rising it. But yeah, that might have just been from the little I've seen in him getting sent off in the the last game I saw him play as well. So yeah, I mean. It'll be an interesting tie to see uh, to see what USA can do against the Netherlands. To be honest, like, I'll be I'll be personally looking forward to it. But we move on now to probably the most watched game today. Again, like a game being played at the same time as another one. It is what it is. We're starved of certain certain scheduling for football matches in England anyway, so we're pretty used to it. But yeah, England against Wales. It felt like um, a bit of a bit of a dead rubber for England, but Wales needed, I think it was like a 4-0 win to qualify 
Um, let's see, Captain Wales in Bale looking to, to cause an upset. And England made um, England made a fair few changes. They got Carl Walker in instead of uh, Trent or maybe a certain Benny Blanco. Um, Trippier instead of Trippier. Instead of instead of Ben White, I, I, do you know what? It was a little cheeky cheeky comment on Ben White, but for, like really and truly, I I actually wanted to see him get some minutes, to be honest. But yeah, um, I think Trippier was just getting rested, to be honest, as um, it looks like he's first choice. And then finally, you get to see Foden come in, Rashford and Henderson. Um, what did you think of kind of that? that line-up against Wales and how that kind of played out in midfield. Seen, uh, I've seen Mason Mount dropped as well. I mean, some some of it made sense to me. I mean, I I, I don't think Trippier in particular has, has, has performed well in these these first two games, if I'm keeping it a buck. Um, so I wasn't surprised. I was quite glad to see someone else starting that right back today. Um I'm not sure that you needed both Rice and Henderson. Me personally, I might have rested um, Rice, just rested him because I I didn't really see Wells providing any real kind of defensive threat. And I think uh, Rice and Hendo are, are, are stabilisers to kind of play both of them in a double pivot. I think England could have had someone there who was a bit more um, creative or expansive or a bit more comfortable in their passing, I probably would have started Henderson, maybe Bellingham deeper. I would have started Foden in the 10. Um, my star boy Saka would have got a run out because I think England, again, in the opening exchanges for me, um, again, looked like they were lacking something, some real penetration and kind of, you know, we, we I like Foden. I like who he is. I like what he offers as a footballer. But I think utilising him for England is a very, very different entity to kind of how you utilise him for Man City. And, um, yeah, I didn't see enough of players trying to take on their man and um, 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 and really go at the fullbacks in the first half from England, which I think is exactly what they should have done. I think they should have really looked to kind of kill off the game early, early, early doors. I didn't really see enough of that. So... Kind of frustrated me a little bit in terms of the lineup. Um, that said, I think it was kind of a run of the mill performance for England. I think it was a good, I think it was a good result for England. Um, but I wasn't the performance didn't wow me if I'm keeping it a buck as well. The performance really didn't didn't wow me. I think yeah, a few individual performances, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Rashford, we've got to give him his dues today, but. I think overall the collective team performance. I, I didn't look at it and think, yeah, this England side. I, I look. I more so looked at it and said, this Wales side are really bad. Then this England side are really good. Um, and then the other thing as well is that with the rotation options and Gareth Bale, and I think you know, so a bit like Marmite with Gareth Bale, Gareth Bale, Gareth Southgate. Sorry, we're a bit like Marmite with Gareth Southgate. Some are kind of like, yeah, he's all right, and some are like, nah. We've had a bit of enough of him, but. You know, I think there are rotations that he could um, do and factor in that lean into players' strengths, especially players who kind of know each other and interact with each other quite well at club level. So um, it might have been... And, and, and when you bring in a player like Foden, who, um, you know, is 
is quick. He's got a very quick processing speed. He 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 moves the ball quickly. He wants to link up um, with other players and interchange and whatnot. I think it's a miss to not bring in or have him starting when there are other players who kind of facilitate that style of play as well. Um, so, for example, like a Grealish, I think, you know, Foden and a Grealish would work quite well because that would just, they, they would combine quite organically and we've seen them combine organically both for club and country. Um, Foden and Saka, they don't play together at club level, but in terms of tempo and, um, you know, combining and being able to kind of link up in that way, I think that could work quite well. But again, we, we don't see, even in defensive selections as well I think you could see players selected who more naturally complement each other so it's just a bit disappointing that um, Southgate doesn't use or utilise these players or refresh the squad in in that way but I, re I really don't think he needed to um, kind of, I think he could have played some different players today definitely um, also Kane shout out to Kane for getting the assist but big man it's a World Cup three games no goals. Come on, almost gave it Jesus esque Well, I mean, don't, 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 don't. You probably knew I was going to say that anyway. Don't chat about my. Hey, listen, yeah, and and he needs to get a goal, man. He needs to score. This is the World Cup. Like you know, we we talk about we talk about Kane consistently with the biggest of names in the striking department, and I'm not saying it's not deserved, but where the World Cup. He needs to score goals. Like, and it's disappointing with this weak group that he's not scored. I, I think we we can all be honest in that disappointment. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sammy Mockbell was um, saying, before again, if you're familiar with uh, the journalist, he's, he's pretty credible, um, saying that, you know, Kane's struggling with a foot injury going into this game, but he's asking Southgate, should he start? Like, no, he's asking Southgate to start, basically. He still wants to play for his country. Da, da, da. Um, yeah, you want to go through that, uh, I guess, that England performance and that, that Kane situation as well, given his performances. Can, I just, quickly big up, can I just quickly big up Sammy Mockbell, though, because he's a friend of the podcast as, as well. He's been on a couple couple, couple of times. So big up Sammy Mockbell, but still, I'm not, I'm, I'm not buying it with Kane and the foot injury. Right? He needs to score goals. It's food and drink. Come on. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Yao, you want to take us through that? It's um the objective and unbiased host. I think I think just for spice, I'd I'd like to say that yeah, no, Shabs is right. He, you know, he you know he should be scoring goals, but you know also their star man should also be finding the goals and not off the bench in it. But for for another day, we will talk that up in it. We'll bring that back. Don't worry, we'll bring that back on another day. As for for Mook, as I like to call him. Um, Listen, bruv, you know, a lot of people have been talking, especially even on the NSO pod, you know, that he's world-class and, and all of this jazz. Well, this is this is the stage to show it, right? That was a weak group. Nobody's going to say that that group was strong. And the performances haven't haven't held up. You know, he's not the only one. You know, I don't, I haven't really been impressed by England's performances. And I know they won their first game 6-2. I, I didn't really care. It's like... Yeah, whatever, man. Walk in the park. Um, but against well, I thought Wales stunk today. I absolutely thought they stunk across the entire, like the whole game. I was like, this team is ass. Like, wow, they are capital letters 
40 inch of booty just rubbish like I couldn't, I couldn't believe what was going on this is trash and they put that on at prime time i was like whatever bruv so no i agree with what Shap said you know like this would have been a perfect time for southgate to really like if there's gonna, ever going to be a game to experiment this would have been the game you know just bun it we're through in it like or we're, we're likely to go through like there's not going to be a four goal swing in wales's favor to like knock england out so this would have been a game to like experiment you didn't need rice and henderson i don't think you even needed carl walker or um uh trent coming on at any point like this this could have been a real like drop drop cane you know like just have some man get, get some runouts you know instead he's gone like it's i'm sorry man but like it's 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 things like this and and performances like what we've seen in the group stages why i as long as I'm alive, I, I can't be seeing England lift no trophies. Sorry. Until I see this team, like, blam it, like, and and actually, like, do some serious damage, yeah? Like, I, I don't want to see none of this, oh, we won the tournament. Oh, get out of here, bro, because that group was poo. L let's run through the teams. Iran or Iran, you know, as the Americans like to say. I'm not, I'm not rating none of their players. Not a single one. Yeah, that, that whole... That whole nation was dry. No, to well, Ramey, man. To to Ramey's decent, man. I mean, well, when it comes Ramey. to national football, yeah, even if you're the best player, yeah, that's not enough for me. Like, like there has to be like what saved Bell a lot at international football is that, bruv, we knew he was their best player and he would rise it. Now, obviously, he can't rise it no more, pause, because man is old, yeah. But you know, he Wales were oh my gosh, Wales were so bad just so so bad i think the only team in this group that surprised me was usa if i'm being honest with you I'm like, oh, they're, they're pretty decent yeah they're not they're not a bad outfit you know i wasn't impressed with england this game was just oh, I, it's mad because it was what three nil in the end i can't remember the score now i think it was three nil in the end the goals were good i did enjoy the goals they were very good goals well taken goals um, I like Rashford's goal. Uh, I like that a lot. But for the most part, I was bored. I was bored out of my mind. And then you got commentators, you know, ranting and waxing lyrical about Maguire for England. And I was like, oh, my God, get out of here. So England have got to face Senegal. I think it's a good test. Uh, Senegal don't have their star man, uh, Mane. But we'll see, innit? We'll see if they if they can rise it against the the African nation champions. You know what I mean, that's a real test, I guess, if you want to look at it like that, boy. So, nah, this uh, this World Cup scheduling that they've put out today was uh, today. I was bored out of my mind. They need to sort it out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fair. Um, yeah, with Cade as well, it's. It's hard not to be critical of him at times. Like you can give him the excuse of like you know he's he is needed in this team to be able to progress the ball in deeper options because there's just not many players in this England team that are capable of it. But there are times where he could definitely be getting himself into better areas quicker. It's it's annoying, but it looks like he's trying to be efficient with his energy because he's declined physically maybe he might be carrying an injury I don't know but he always seems to be lethargic 
um, through big spells of certain games, especially for Spurs. Obviously, for Spurs, he hasn't been getting the rest. But, yeah, for England, we obviously... Well, England have decent rotation options that he can get a rest. Southgate's chosen not to do so. And, again, he he can look lethargic at times, but still providing um, a little bit of quality for this England side. But, um, Sean, I haven't come to you on this England game yet. What did you think of... The performance obviously after it being nil nil and tight at half time yeah i think like the others and, and yourself it's that uh, of course you're going to be frustrated with england and, and the frustration tends to stem from the fact that th- there's a lot of good players in the squad in my opinion so you know it's a case i think i tweeted during the game that you know seven of that starting 11 are playing for champions league clubs you know but the way these guys are operating within game you'd think these guys are battling relegation. Do you know what I mean? So that's what's upset with me. And and obviously we have to caveat it, you know, international managers don't get a lot of time on the training ground with players to sort of, you know, incorporate, you know, um, you know, patterns and, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't have that time. So cool. You can allow them to that extent, but I still expect to see more, you know, in terms of picking the most coherent side, picking the most progressive side, picking the side that can, implement you know what you want to do to to the best of our ability because it seems like we're a team that you know is trying to or or wants to progress the ball but we're not picking players who are you know adept or coherent in that manner do you know what I mean because the reality is you know we've seen Rice and Bellingham in all three games and they're not providing that level of ball progression we want from deep do you know what I mean so Rice is good defensively, but Rice doesn't show for the ball in the build-up phase. Rice doesn't, you know, pam it through lines in the build-up phase. Um, And that's what we were saying in our group, you know, as the game was going along. You know, when Calvin Phillips came on, don't get me wrong, obviously the game was already won and, 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 you know, you could say game state. But, you know, he was experienced under, you know, a very progressive manager in terms of Bielsa at Leeds, in terms of he was played as a lone single pivot, in terms of how to break lines, the passing angles he chooses to, um, you know, you know, to pick, so I'm really interested to see in the second half of the season how Calvin Phillips, now he's fit, gets on under Pep because um, I think he's much better on the ball than Declan Rice is. You know, he he's he's a lot progressive. Obviously, he's not as good defensively and maybe doesn't have that level of athleticism defensively, so he might struggle in transition. But I think that might be something we need to look at going forward in terms of what he offers because Henderson can't progress it. Bellingham doesn't, he's not, you know, Bellingham's not a first phase player. Rice isn't good at progressing through the first phase. He's a good ball carrier, but he's not a good, you know, um, in terms of, you know, breaking lines from deep. So that's why I tend sometimes not to be too harsh on um, the attackers because, you know, we're not finding the attackers in good positions. We're not, we're not, you know, optimising the way we, you know, distribute and, and you know, build play, you know, construct interior play. So some of these guys, I think it's a bit harsh on them, man. So, so yeah, I really... With me, whenever I look at teams, I always look at the midfield, you know, because for me, midfield is the starting block of your team. You know, it, it, it's what it dictates what you can and what you can't do. Um, and I was saying as well, which is why I wanted to see Trent at some point as well, was that if we're not going to progress it through midfield, at least get defenders who can progress it as well. Do you know what I mean? So I just think we've struggled on both points in all three games so far. And I don't trust Southgate, essentially, is is the, the main crux of this to find the right solution. I think he's going to continue to muddle on. I don't think he knows what's best. I think he's spoke for choice. But even if he wasn't spoke for choice, I wouldn't trust him to select the, the optimal solution, man. So it's a weird one because obviously, you know, England are much better than Wales. It was proven in the second half. It was, you know, easy as 
yeah, easy as chips, man. So I don't know. I think Senegal will be a tough test in terms of, you know, what they provide from a PMP standpoint. And, you know, we've seen sometimes when teams can match England for work rate, you know, England sometimes run out of, run out of ideas. So I don't know what he's going to do, man. But I think I'd like to see some changes, um, you know, in the round of last of 16, you know, because t- today the game got broken open by set piece. You know, it was a fantastic goal from Rashford. But had that goal not come, you would have been wondering where the goal was coming from. Because in open play, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't recall up to that point us creating much in open play. So no, just, um, just came to Rashford, really. Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry. But... Beg your pardon. Yeah. So obviously Rashford had that key chance, but... But we're clutching at straws here, right? It's not like there's a continuous flow of chances coming regularly. So I don't know, man. I don't know is 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 essentially the crux of it. I think I think we will end up beating Senegal in the last 16. It might even end up going to that extra time or something. But right now, based on what I've seen, I struggle to see how we're gonna get past France, because that's what it looks like it's gonna be in the quarterfinals if it, you know, if it all comes to it. So Mbappe and Dembele are going to stick it on, man. So, so yeah, they I need to, they need to, yeah, proper. He's proper. They're going to box man up. So, yeah, it's going to be peak, man. Proper. Oh, I don't know. I think uh, seeing Mbappe score twice, I think Rashford took that very personally. Uh, what are you? Are you, are you to what? What? Ra- uh, yeah, listen, what, yeah. Don't, do, don't come and be shameless with me. <laughs> yeah, I was just yeah, staring yeah, into that. Listen, Listen, yeah, Sebi's not here. Man, 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 man are going to ask Mbappe to come outside again, you know. Don't let him come and dunk yeah, on the don't, don't let, Don't call Mbappe outside on England. You know? like, that's the last person Mbappe will outside. come out, he'll circle the block, he'll done our dance, and he'll come back and dance on it again. So, <laughs> Mbappe, Mbappe has no. already told Pogba, don't call your, your shaman guy for this yeah, sport. Yeah, this, yeah, this is serious yo, business. Yeah, yeah he'll come and slam it. There's no witch doctor thing here, bro. Leave your witch doctor over there. But you know what? You know what? I'm listening to Sean speak about England and the playing style and that. And it's like, how do England want to play? Because the selections are are very intentional in terms of who he picks and who he omits. And if you think about, yeah, well, actually, these are he's, he's taken defenders who can progress the play, but he doesn't select defenders who can progress the play. He's got midfielders who are comfortable on the ball and who would be all right in the first phase if you utilise them there. But he doesn't utilise them at all. He doesn't utilise them there in those positions. So you kind of say, what 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 does he want on the ball? Off the ball, obviously, he wants a structure, a framework, some robustness, some, 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 some rigidity. Um, but on the ball, what does he actually want? How does Southgate actually want to play? And then what does he want from his wide guys? What does he want from... Does he want to play a 10 or does he not? Does he want Kane to score goals or does he want Kane to facilitate? You know, like what What does he actually want? And it's, I've been watching England for a long time and I can't answer the question. I can say, I can say what I want for England or what England should do based on what they have or whatnot. But... Yeah, like I was listening to Sean speak there, really, and thinking, what does Southgate actually want to do? And, and I think, and I think it's just more upsetting just because this is now Southgate's third international tournament. Tournament. He's got, you know, so you've had enough time now to quote what Shabs is saying to decide on what you want to do, and on top of that. He, in terms of actual squad, there aren't many international squads that are better than England's. Do you know what I mean? Generally, in terms of especially attacking options, bro, you've got so many options to choose from. And 
you mm. just it just looks so uninspired. Like Madison was fit. I would have loved to have seen James Madison at some point today, but yeah. hey ho. It, 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 it is it is what it is, man. Like he's almost like trying to copy the shumps from 2018. Yeah, it's you kind of so? that mold where you've got like a third midfielder trying to play as like a, a box to box eight and ten at the same time. He's obviously quite pragmatic and just wants to like get goals through. I guess a little bit of individualism. I guess like like Shab said, I I I can't really answer the question either, but I can only really say what I see and yeah I'm I'm not sure if I like what I'm what I'm seeing to be honest. No I think, like it. I think you have to take into consideration that what Shab says is, is like spot on. The problem with England that I, I find is that it's exactly what Shab says in the sense of you've got a list of players, twenty six, twenty three, whatever the, the amount of players you're allowed to take for the tournament. You've got them to your disposal. You look through the England team, and you could e- you could easily, and I know obviously we don't get paid to this, but you could easily pick an eleven from the twenty whatever amount of players. That you yeah, and and that eleven on a on the attacking side of the game could be quite dangerous. Now that you know, there's always a fear, especially in tournament football, that if you go you know a bit too attackive. You know, you may leave yourself open on the defensive side, something that Brazil have suffered with in the past. However, goals win games, defense win championships. I get that. You got to pick and choose when you're going to, you know, set up to be, I guess, defensive or be a bit more pragmatic. You've also got to pick and choose when, you know, you're going to be a bit more expensive or a bit more offensive. And you just need to look at the group that they were in. They were, they, their group lined up as Iran, USA and Wales. Nobody on God's green earth is going to tell you any of those three teams should be given this current England squad in terms of the names and personnel that they have a problem. So for us to have sat and watched those three games that we, and I know people, people were raving about that first game against Iran. It was outside of the goals. It was poo. Like I, I honestly did not, I, I didn't even pay attention to it. I was like, this is, such a walk in the park park type of game. I was like, oh, whatever, man. Like it was, it was nothing for me. Like the game that I thought, yeah, might be a bit more entertaining, was the USA game. And Jesus Christ, get your pillows out! It was a snorefest. Yeah, wow, that was bad. Like, and then today's game. Listen, if these men come up against France, it's gonna be le boxer. They're going to get clapped. And I can't wait. Mbappé, all you're going to hear is Mbappé. Now, oh. what is it? Say it like uh, Daniel Sturridge did. No, nah, I can't do that. You see, Daniel Sturridge... <laughs> he's, 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 Why was that guy singing, boy? What? Nah, is it what? Man, 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 but yeah, it's it. You know, I look at it and I, I, I like Sean said, maybe he he's spoiled for. He's the most spoiled that England culture's been in a long time. Because if you think about the flexibility of of in terms of the players that he has and the flexibility of roles or positions that they can play in. So yeah, you know, he, he, he used Folden out on the right today, where you know Folden can play anywhere behind um, 
you know, the striker, but also he can play in midfield, you know, in the centre as a as a as a as a deeper central midfielder. Grealish, you know, we know Grealish um plays out wide on the left, but Grealish could be utilized as a ten, you know. Um he could definitely do that job and do that role. Um Mason Mount could be used as a ten. And I think Mason I think England have not performed well. I think Mason Mount um, you know, could definitely perform better, but I think he's picked up some 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 stick unnecessarily. Actually, um, where I don't think he's been any worse than any of the other midfielders that have, have have played when he has played. But I think you know he's got some stick and some some criticism, and I think actually he spent a lot of time trying to retrieve the ball um, and then um, progress it. And I think he's one of the few midfielders that has been progressing the ball for England when he has played, especially in that first game. I think there was a lot of what has Mount done. He's not done nothing. I think actually when he did get on the ball, I liked what he was trying to do. I liked what his intentions um, were. Execution, he got it wrong sometimes, but I liked the intent that he played with. Um, And similarly, again, for USA, but I think, yeah, when you've got a a midfielder or defence who can't really progress the ball, can't get the ball to you, that's extremely frustrating for, um, you know, your more advanced players. That's extremely frustrating for a player like Harry Kane, who then has to come deep and get the ball when actually his bread and butter, like I said earlier, is 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 scoring. And I think, yeah, actually, there are solutions in that side. But it's like, yeah, I'm not a national team coach. I'm not the England coach. I don't have the coaching or sporting credentials that Gareth Southgate has. But it's like, when we've seen that this hasn't worked so many times, to me, it screams insanity to keep trying it. Uh, again, unless the intention, like we said, is just, not to try and progress the ball in that way to, I don't know, play boring football down the sides and hope to get it up in that way and uh, play some really pedestrian brand of attacking and then final third is chaos factor and rely on individualism and let these guys try and get their goals in that way. But yeah, I couldn't see the game being broken before Rashford's goal today. Really frustrating. Should have blown this well side away. Easy. That's fair. That's fair. I've been quite critical on Mason Mount myself. Sometimes I feel like for all his endeavour, he lacks the awareness of where his teammates are at times. And he, he t- like obviously, he, he can be quite positive. I do think he's a useful player, but where he forces it too much just reminds me. It's a little bit Bruno-esque, obviously not recent Bruno Fernandes. He, but... He's got his flaws. I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm not, you know, the chairman of the Mason Mount Defence League, not by any stretch of imagination. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to be balanced in my considerations for him. He's definitely got his flaws, but I was just giving him as an, as, as an example, is it about his utilisation? Could he be utilised a bit differently? Because I, I think he can, but I can also understand these frustrations and why um, maybe when we've criticised him for not playing as well, it's not just about him having a stinker. There's a bigger there's a systems issue rather than an individual issue. That's fair. Um, before we go to some listeners questions, then let me just get all of your kind of ideal England, I guess the front four. Um, I'll start with you and Shabs. Who would your kind of ideal front four be if we're looking to rock up with the four, two, three, one. At the moment, I'd say, I'd have Rashford on the left over Sterling. Um, but contra- yeah, I'd have Rashford on the left, definitely, especially on form. I'd have Foden in the 10. 
Um, Saka, of course, right wing. Like, come on, that's 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 pretty straightforward and clear cut. And I'd have Harry Kane up front as my centre forward. Um, I think that front four slaps. I think it works well together, both on and off the ball. I think there's enough creative potential in there. Um, there's no need for Kane to have to come anywhere outside of the box, um, you know, to get hold of the ball or to get to the ball with a f with those three behind him. Not at all. <laughs> That's exactly the same as my ideal front four, to be fair. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a good blend of profiles, overall ability, an understanding and awareness of teammates. Experience at the highest level as well, I think that's laps. Uh yeah, who would you be thinking of? Honestly, I don't I don't think there can be a change in that front four. Um if you wanted to be I mean if you if you want to throw it out there maybe Madison in the ten. Um but honestly that front With four Foden. Or move Foden to the right. I mean it, it yeah, it, do, it doesn't matter. Like the four that Shabs has said is pretty much the four. Like especially if you're going on form. Yeah, if you're going on form of all form, maybe you could argue that Kane, you know, hasn't performed well, but he's definitely still scoring goals. Um, so on form, that front four, I couldn't see it changing. But if you did want to change, then yeah, you could possibly move Folden out to the right and then have uh, Madison in the 10. But Rashford, listen, he's he's been doing his thing, you know, so... I think that might be England's best front four. Uh, I'd I'd agree with Shabs on that. How about you, Sean? Yeah, it's a full house round here, man. Uh, I I agree with everything that's been said. You know, um, knowing how Kane likes to drop in, you've got Rashford and Saka who could make darts in behind, in between. You know, in that channel between the fullback and the centre backs, both of them make that diagonal out to in run. Um, pulling runners with them, um, you know, and Foden himself, you know, we watch him at City when he plays out wide, he makes a lot of runs off the ball as well. So if Kane wants to drop in, Foden can come in behind, but Foden can also drop in to help the centre midfield, uh, midfield too as well. So yeah, uh, that's what I'd like to see, man. And well, I was going to say deeper, I wouldn't mind seeing Calvin Phillips based on what I've seen tonight. So, but yeah, that's, but yeah, that front four, I'm cool with that, man. That's absolutely fair. Um, going to some listeners' questions then. First up, um, I'll ask this, I guess, mainly to the floor. Um, who should take this? Is from sorry, this is from Khalil HT3. Oh, my apologies, I'm not used to reading out fan questions. Um, who should take the England job and who should the FA look to go for after Southgate leaves? I don't know. Uh, I would have said Potter might have been a decent shot before he took that Chelsea job. That's who mm. I would have, you know, based on what he did at Brighton. I actually quite liked Potter. So, but yeah, he's uh so I don't I don't know now. Generally, it wouldn't surprise me if they decided to go for a foreign manager now after post Southgate. But there's not many great English candidates. I like Eddie Howe, um, but I don't mm. think Eddie Howe's going to leave that Newcastle project anytime soon, is he? So um, after that, you're struggling, right? There's not there's not a great there's not a great selection of English managers so I I I generally don't know but please please God just let it be someone progressive like let it be someone who is suited to the makeup of this squad that's all I can ask. Do do you wanna do you guys wanna know who I saw? I, I should have saved it really, but I saw um, people suggesting a particular person that probably everyone has forgot. 
Hey. Poch. No, I think it's a bad fit. Certain English players, but he's a club manager who likes to instill his way of playing on a day by day basis on the training ground as well. So I, I don't know if international management would suit him yet. It's a bad fit. I agree. Yeah, yeah no, nah, not not Potch for me, man. No, nah, for me, it was Potter, and Potter won't get that England job now. Nah, I don't think. But, 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 Especially not off of what he's doing at the moment at Chelsea. It's not looking good for him. I worry about Potter, his job, but that's a different pod for a different day. But no, I'm 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 not gonna lie to you guys. Yeah, this is gonna sound bad, man. Yeah, but I'm kind of I don't mean it in the way that it's gonna come out, but boy, I'm kind of glad that Potter's, you know, the light is on him. Cause obviously when Spurs were going through their managerial issues, Sir Man were like, Potter will come in. And he'll do a thing. And I said, this guy is not ready for them kind of lights. I kept telling him, man. I can't I said, lie. I, liked, I loved Potter for you. I loved the idea of it. And I would have loved the reality I get, even more. I, I hear the Potter. idea. But that when the lights are on, it's a different story. You know when you know when you've been raving for four hours in the dark and then they switch <laughs> on the light and you're like, raw man was skanking with this thing. Nah, nah, nah. Yo, <laughs> it's, great, it's, long, it's long for Potter right now. Right now, he needs to he needs to get back to the drawing board and hopefully turn whatever he, of a career he's got at Chelsea because boy, that England shout right now. There's nobody, there's no English manager. Oh, there's nobody, you know. Hey, they're gonna they're gonna stick with Southgate for a long time. He yeah. might be at the next World Cup. I'm just saying. Yeah. Then they've never seen the promised land, so. Boy, yeah, I'm just surprised you didn't recommend Jose there, yeah, but fair enough. Um, did, did Jose at one point say no? I think he'd he'd probably rather Portugal. To be fair, I think it's I think it's over for them kind of managers. Yeah, them are old. In terms of, in terms of like um, high profile, like super high profile, like the elite kind of and and prestigious coaching uh, roles. I think for a player like Jose, it's over. I, I can't see him. Going to a club that's a bigger level than than Roma because he's already been there, and he sabotaged a lot of relationships where he has been uh, with with hierarchy with fan bases and whatnot. I don't, I don't, I don't. I think England will do well to stay away from Jose, hundred percent. Yeah, that's fair. And then there's a couple of questions um, about Pulisic. Uh, this has come from Asa and uh, Prash underscore CFC. Pulisic in big games discuss and is he better than Mason Mount? Go on, Sean. I can see you were distasteful with that. Just I'd, a mere I'd, notion of his I'd, name I'd, you mentioned. Do, do you know, I'd, I'd just, I'd, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I used to like Pulisic, but I'm starting to think he's just becoming a bit of a nothing player, man, to be honest. And and maybe he's been dealt a bit of a raw deal at Chelsea if we're to keep it a buck. You know, some people would argue, you know, some Chelsea fans would argue he hasn't had a sustained run in the team. But overall, they bought him for like 60 mil. He ain't worth 60 mil. Like, you know, um, and I think, you know, at least with Mount, obviously, you know, sometimes Mount can flatter to deceive. I just think Mount's got more versatility, probably, you know, can be used in a different variety of ways, which could be more multifunctional for the team. And so I don't know if I would take him above Mount. I don't think I would. I actually don't think I know. Yeah, in fact, I definitely wouldn't, you know. 
yeah not at all man i've gone i've sort of gone off pulisic man and this is from someone who used to, i actually i didn't i didn't mind him previously but yeah no nah, not for me man you, you, you're gonna you're gonna end up back in the Bundesliga soon enough <laughs> yeah they'll probably get re-signed by chelsea if they continue <laughs> their theme of signing forwards from the Bundesliga. <laughs> when will they yeah. learn um but yeah that will wrap it up for uh another episode of World Cup fracker. Uh, thank you to Sean, Shabs, and Yao for joining me in this pod today. I've been your host, and um, yeah, keep your ears out for further World Cup content. Peace. 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 Podcast Network.